Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our high school football roundtable is today. Audrey Snyder from The Athletic today. Billy's got a big grand slam last night. So good news there. And uh, we're off and rolling today. Delaware... Villanova, Central Michigan, and Temple added to future Penn State schedules through 2027, which is nine years away, for those of you scoring at home. And some do. Sean Carey. I'm not one of them. <laughs> where am I? Where am I? Where am I going to be in 2027? <laughs> and by the way, Sean Kerry, new homeowner. Yes, new homeowner. Wonderful that you and Deb bought that. It also means you've got to work the rest of your life. All right, so I- <laughs> it was funny. We closed it on Tuesday morning. It took about an hour. We get to the house. Uh, we hug each other, tell each other I love you, and then she says to me, "Now we got to pay for it." <laughs> got that right? That's right. <laughs> so uh, that'll be the one thing that'll keep me away from Beaver Stadium on Saturday. We'll be we'll be moving, but uh, hopefully the the goal is to have the flat screen plugged in, connected, all set prior to three thirty, and we'll be we'll be good to go. And I think Jack and I were going to come over and help. Too bad you picked Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that the wrong thing to say? No, we're good. <laughs> okay. We've not known each other long enough. We're good. <laughs> I mean, we were all set. There's this guy I know that says, I keep asking you, I want to meet Jack. I want to meet Jack. And you, know, you, and you never make it happen. I said, I said, I told you every time I've set it up, you've blown it off. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly whose fault is that <laughs> but yeah it's been a crazy emotional summer and i know mom's looking down and she's happy and so all is good oh that would have been something it would have been yeah but it's all good uh, that would have been something if mom had been there for that she would have loved that yeah she would have loved that 
Yeah, and then you know, I should have moved in. <laughs> Evan, everybody loves Raymond's situation. <laughs> Actually, her apartment, if I have it calculated right, she was about uh, seven, eight blocks where she was living at in her apartment. It was about seven, eight blocks where we're moving in now. So, kind of close. See, it would have been it would have been an easy move for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a spare bedroom in the new house, right? <laughs> Three three bedroom, yeah. One of them would have been mom's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a ranch. We're good. <laughs> yeah, kinda kinda brings new perspective to it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So yeah, they're they're adding in you know, it's interesting. They they do these schedules so far out. So Villanova, Delaware, Central Michigan, Temple. And Temple's going to be, that's the home and away. So your home and aways are going to be Pitt this year, at Pitt next year, then, um, excuse me, at home with Pitt, okay, at Pitt this year, home next year, okay, at Virginia Tech in 20, home with Auburn in 21, at Auburn in 22, home with... West Virginia in 23, at West Virginia in 24, home with Virginia Tech in 25, okay, and then at Temple in 26, which that might be the new stadium. We'll see. You know, of course, they have to build it. And then home with Temple in 27. So that's where you are. I still maintain this nine-game conference schedule. Ah. <sighs> brings with it certain elements that are fine and certain elements that make it even more difficult. And one of the elements makes it more difficult is in the area of scheduling. I mean, you lose all your flexibility in scheduling. You know, I've heard, well, why are they playing Villanova and Delaware? Oh, for goodness sakes. You know, you want to know why they're playing Villanova and Delaware? For goodness sakes. They cost less money to play them. Okay? If you want to go out... I mean, I, I love when people... They don't speak scheduling Texas and USC in the same year... I mean, use some common sense. Stop, you know, stop just shooting your mouth off. Use some common sense and then talk about it. How to schedule? Yeah, I don't mind if they, they, um, um, I don't mind if they schedule Texas for two years in a row and then USC two years in a row, but never in the same year. That makes no sense. And part of it too is is that you, when you look at, okay. This guy wants me to do his talk show. Okay, delete. There we go. I did three today. <laughs> I'm not in the mood to do others. <laughs> I did three. I did one in. What did I do today? I did York, Harrisburg, and I did Connecticut. Don't ask me about the why. Connecticut. I don't know. I was like, ah. this guy would like you to do your show next week to talk about Pitt. Really, really busy. Here, talk to my secretary, Sean Carey. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is learn one word. One word. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two letters, but one of the okay. most powerful words in the vocabulary. Okay. okay. I, want you, I want to hear you say it. I want to see how you say it. No. Okay, it's not bad. 
Or Mr. Jones is really booked up right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just some thoughts. I've done three speaking things in the last week. I think I think this week I've done double digits talk shows this week. Like uh, it's the same questions. So, to my credit, I've given the same answers. <laughs> I'm equal opportunity it. guest. I, I have not changed it up just to make myself more interested. <laughs> I get to flip the shoe on the other foot tonight when you get to be at Permanis. We get to catch the coach's show tonight at 6.05. So. I've already done that with him yesterday at the quarterback club. So yeah, ah, Let the fans ask questions. I've got to do the pregame with them tonight, too. I gotta remember that. <laughs> I gotta remember I have to do that tonight. Your secretary will remind you of that. <laughs> yeah, that's just idiot. All right. After your first segment with James, I can shoot you a text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, dude. Yeah, but I have to know ahead of time. I have to bring the recorder with me. <laughs> that's actually one of the keys, and I do have it with me. It's not that I don't. I do. But yeah, college football attendance. Now, Penn State has bucked this trend. Penn State was up again last year. But college football attendance overall was down 3.2% last year. It's at its lowest average. But again, let's remember something. That is tickets sold. Minnesota played a game last year with Nebraska at TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Place holds about 50,000. The announced attendance was 39,000, my apologies, 39,933. And then there's something called drop count. Do you know what drop count is? A lot of people don't know what drop count is. No, I don't think, no. Okay, drop count is the actual bodies in the building. Let me give an example on drop count. Remember the the big pit Penn State wrestling match in the Jordan Center a couple years ago when they announced that they had 15,996, a brand-new blah, blah, blah record and the whole thing. You know what the drop count was? I'll say close to 10 or under 10. Uh, 11,502. Okay. So they had 4,900... Um, empty seats that were sold. They were sold. So that's the difference. That is a that is uh, paid versus drop count. So there's the difference right there. So now let's go back to Minnesota. Paid was thirty nine thousand nine thirty three. Drop count people in building twenty five thousand uh, eight hundred forty two. That's thirty six percent less. than the people who paid. Now, you're saying, oh, hey, look, they bought the seats. I mean, you're fine. Up to a point you are, yes. Except there's more to it than this. Last year, Arkansas played to 58% of announced attendance. Okay, so the drop count for Arkansas games in Fayetteville for football was... 
58% of what the announced paid attendance was. Tickets sold. In other words, tickets sold. And here's where the problem comes in. That leads to lost revenue. Oh, no, they paid for the tickets. Absolutely correct if you're saying that. But let's take parking. Well, how many fewer cars parked, and because they didn't park, they didn't pay to park? Hmm. Okay. Significant chunk of change there. Concessions. How many bought beverages? Maybe the stadium sells beer, maybe it doesn't, or water or soft drinks, whatever, boom, or hot dogs or nachos or whatever. So in concessions, you've now taken a hit because in the Minnesota case, there are 14,000 fewer people than the paid number. So you've lost all that. Now let's go over to uh, what they call Goldie's Locker. Goldie's Locker is the equivalent of the Penn State Bookstore. Okay. That's what they are. And you have 14,000 fewer people that might think about buying a sweatshirt, a T-shirt, a jersey, a hat, something. So there's a domino effect that you lose across the board because you, these people bought tickets, so there's your plus side. And your minus side is there's a domino effect to the fact that they were ended up being no-shows. And we've talked about student no-shows. Student no-shows have also been a huge problem, which we've talked about in college sports. Arizona and Arizona State are both 45 and 50% respectively in no-shows. Students who bought tickets but don't go to the games. Now, they're not going to buy as much stuff as... Obviously, the season ticket holder will. And then the next part is, is that even Georgia, Georgia's 27% no-shows for students. These are the issues that I see in college football. And believe me, TV wants... People going to the games, it looks better, it feels better, the whole the whole nine yards. And it's something they've got to somehow figure out and overcome. Now, do you do that by scheduling? Do you do that by I, I don't I don't know. Do you, what do you do with ticket prices? There's a lot of angles to be taken here. Because remember, football I mean, ticket prices are at a level for a reason. Because football and men's basketball have to support more than football and men's basketball. I like what Penn State started to do a couple of years ago. I think it may have been, I remember going back to the Ohio State game in 2016 with the primetime game. If you if you got in early, like as the gates open for the first 45 minutes, there were, what, 20% off concessions for like the first 45 minutes for the early birds. Nice go. little extra perk Yeah, that they just started yeah, doing. I believe they're doing that again this Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what, you know, 
I mean, believe me, little things make a big difference. It's a cumulative effect, like you said. You know, it just all adds up with food and beverages and all that. So it's more than just just not being there. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of fans are not going to be enamored with Temple being the home and away. That's not the, not the big kind of a big announcement that that Penn State fans are are hoping for. They they, they want to see a name there somewhere, and eventually you will see a name. But I just haven't seen it yet. Um, all right. Take a break. Come back with more in a moment. So we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. High School Football Roundtable in the next half hour. Then in 406, uh, Audrey Snyder from The Athletic will join us to talk about the uh, football team and finally get a chance to uh, finally get a chance to really get into uh, this season. Finally, it starts tonight. Northwestern's playing Purdue tonight. That game is at West Lafayette, I believe. And interesting, they have named they have not named a starting quarterback yet at Purdue. Just fine. I'm a big I'm a big my big theory is usually this. Um whomever shows up is the guy I'll announce. Michigan, of course, and Notre Dame, one of the big games of the weekend. And for Urban Meyer, more problems. After the abuse allegations, Urban Meyer gave his assistant, Coach Zach Smith, on his evaluation, quote, high marks for core values. Yikes. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. Every new Hyundai comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty and Hyundai insurance. Sunbury Motors Hyundai will work hard to get you approved on a brand-new Hyundai Elantra. Bankrupt, divorced, slow pay should not be an issue at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Why settle for a used vehicle when you can bring your bruised credit to Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the black building on North 4th Street in Sunbury. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So, Sean, you're telling me that the suit can't do the show today because he has a big meeting. Big meeting going on right now, yes. And the meeting is about? 
Uh, I'll let you know if I hear anything. I mean, is it like a digital media meeting? I believe it is. Well, isn't he the only person in the digital media department? Yes. So is he sitting there by himself arguing? (laughs) (laughs) I think you're wrong. No, I don't. (laughs) What a sad sight that must be. (laughs) Okay. Well, Shikolami, which lost to Danville... Has Central Columbia next, and the coach Dick Hort joins us. Coach, welcome. It's really a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Steve. It's nice to be here. How right. are you today? Uh, Dan, I'm doing really well, and I hope you're doing well as on top of that. I feel uh, good. Good. Uh, it's an opener, so I don't know if you find surprises in openers, but what did you see in that opener that either you expected or took you aback? Well, the thing that that was obvious, Chick lost a tremendous amount of talent from last year. They they had a real good senior class. They had seven or eight really outstanding kids. And you just can't, in high school, uh, replace that production. And it was pretty obvious last Friday night that they've got a long way to go. They've got some good, talented, young sophomore prospects. And a lot of those kids played, and a lot of them played in well in spots. But they're still sophomores feeling their way, and they've got to grow up in a hurry if Schick's going to have a successful season. Dick, in your experience when you coached, what did it mean to go from game one to game two? That was the game from one to two where you made the most improvement during the year. And I would think that that's probably more so now that they only have that one scrimmage before they start playing. All right, so to make the improvement from game one to game two, must it be across the board or a couple specific areas that could really start changing for that? Well, most of the time, you know, there's a, you look at it and you think, well, we've got a couple areas we got to shore up. But with all the use that Schick has this year, there's a lot of improvement that they got to do across the board. Now, last week in that game, they lost Lucas Tilford to heat exhaustion for all of the second quarter, and he did come back in the third quarter and play, but he wasn't the same. And he, he's probably uh, the best athlete on the team, and he was the kid that ran for the 39-yard touchdown, made the score 7-7 early, and he was out. When he went out, it was like they left the air out of the football. All right, so now they got Central Columbia coming up next. Uh, any initial thoughts on that one? Well, Central Columbia is a good football team. The last time Central Columbia uh, had an undefeated season was in 1982, and people from up in that area tell me this is their best team since then. Last week, they played Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel's an excellent football team. Mount Carmel beat them 21-13. to Central Columbia had the ball with two minutes to go deep in Mount Carmel territory, and they threw an interception. Mount Carmel got the ball, ran out the clock, and they lost. The thing that was that stuck out in that game, they have a great running back by the name of Isaac Gessimer. He gained over 1,400 yards last year as a junior, he over six yards a carry. In this game against Mount Carmel, he gained 39 yards. Mount Carmel shut down the running game. Central Columbia had 20 carries for 68 yards, but they did throw the ball for 212 yards and their scores. Now, uh, 
the funny part about it is usually if you look at all the total yardage for both teams and figure out the yardage per play, the, the team that gains the most yardage wins. Central Columbia right. only had the ball for 38 plays. They gained <laughs> over six yards a play, but they only had it for 38 plays. Mount Carmel had it for 64 plays and only gained four yards a carry, but they that time tested a strategy of run the football, yep. run the clock, keep the clock yep. moving, and and play field position, won the, won the game for Mount Carmel. But uh, they are a good, good football team. They've got a good quarterback. He's a, a two-year starter. He passed for over 2,000 yards last year in Trey Devlin. I mean, how many times have you heard Jack Ham and I on college football broadcast? The two of us talk about, hey, look, you I don't care how many times you throw the ball, you still have to be able to run it. Yes, you have to be able to run the ball. There comes some point in the game. You you get that ball and you have a, a, a point lead or you have a touchdown lead and there's five minutes to go in the game and you get the ball back. You have to be able to run the ball and keep that clock moving and burn those timeouts on that other team so that if they do get the ball back they are they are really shortchanged and don't have time to uh, to get that score that they need to tie you. Coach, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. All righty. See you next time. The coach Dick Horn will join uh, Kevin Hur in the broadcast here on News Radio 1070 WKOK on Friday night, beginning at 6:30. Kickoff set for seven o'clock. All right, Sealands Grove. All right, they swing back into action. Uh, what Jersey Shore, I believe, is. Who the Seals have this week? Home game. Zach Showers joins us. Zach, great to have you with us. And uh, yes. Zach, last week something uh, you and Pat are not used to. And Zach, yeah, it was. <laughs> none of you are used little... to talking about Sealands Grove having to bounce back. Uh, it's a whole new cast of characters. Do, are they replacing? Were they able? It may be young, but are they replacing athletes with athletes? I would say that they are. Um, the The concern on this team right now is not that you have 11 guys on each side of the ball ready to play. Um, there's some young guys that stepped in last week um, that made that, uh, we talk about it a lot, made that sophomore to junior jump um, just looking different, look like they're ready to play, um, you know, put on good weight in the offseason. Um, so there's a lot of young guys that are playing. They're doing well. Right now, it's really just a lack of depth. Um, looking at looking at film and watching last week, there were really eight to nine guys um, at various positions that played on both sides of the ball and played, you know, probably seventy-five to eighty percent of the snaps on both sides of the ball. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys ready to play, but really they need they need more production out of those, you know, uh, twos and guys that can come in and spell the starters a little bit. Are they playing too many guys two ways? I think right now that that's the concern, and that's the concern by the coaching staff as well, um, is there, there's opportunities to come in and play, but it's a matter of uh, getting a very young team, a team that only has five seniors, uh, getting those sophomores, um, juniors, and even a few freshmen that can come in there and uh, compete and give meaningful snaps to give those guys a break. Quarterback play the last three years, obviously, really, really good at the high school level for Sealands Grove. What about the initial quarterback play? What kind of uh, uh, potential does he show once he gets a few games under his belt? So Danny Schock, um, who is a freshman, came in. Uh, he's not your typical 
freshman. He comes in standing around six two, six three, um, and isn't isn't a skinny six two or six three either. Um, he came in. Salesgrove only attempted three passes in the first half um, for six yards. So they were not. They did not come out. They very much protected him in the first half, and that was something that Lewisburg was able to. Uh, put eight, nine guys in the box and say, you know, beat us with a passing game. Um, Salensgrove then was able to come back in the second half, and Shock ended up um, being seven for 14 for 79 yards in the second half and led a, a huge third quarter, early fourth quarter, um, 75-yard touchdown drive and uh, connected with uh, senior Ben Swainford, who's also 6'2", and he had six catches for 75 yards. Um, in the second half there. So he has shown a lot of nice potential. Um, that's just going to be a call down the stretch because in order to uh, to beat some of the teams on Seals Grove's schedule, you're not going to be able to just run the football um, and right. consistently uh, and do that. You're going to need to develop a little bit of passing game or teams are just going to load the box. Just from a state of confidence, what would it mean for them to win this game to kind of feel like their team is now starting round to round into shape? Oh, I, I, I think it would be huge. Um, both Seelensgrove and Jersey Shore are not used to going into this matchup um, with losing records, you know, albeit just one game. Um, and both teams are very much trying to find who they are, um, as is, you know, Schick in, the, in District 4 Quad A. So, to go in and to continue to work hard and recognize that, you know, if we practice hard that we can come in and, and beat a good Jersey Shore team, a, a team that has developed a nice rivalry with Salensgrove over the last five, six years, um, would be big just to get confidence because um, although the first two games are tough, the schedule doesn't get any easier after this week with um, with Southern um, Southern and Berwick and Schick and Loyal Sock back to back to back to back. So things don't get any easier. No, they don't get easier. But at least the game's at home this time, so that, that'll be nice. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the turf is officially done. We just got word a little bit ago, so um, we will we will be calling the game from Seelands Grove and not from any place else. So Perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. Hey, Zach, thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Have a great rest All of your right. week. You too. Uh, I know Greg Wetzel's in studio. Normally, uh, we would have the suit in studio, but right across uh, from been, Greg, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I want to point out that we've been able to tap into the digital meeting again. He's the only one in digital. <laughs> you know, and uh, so, I mean, and we're going to come in. Is this the right one for an argument? I've told you once. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. I did. I didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? <coughs> oh, oh, just the five-minute one. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Now, let's get one thing quite clear. <laughs> I most definitely told you. You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. That's our digital media <laughs> meeting going on right now. <laughs> Oh, come on, Greg. It sounds like Kevin. It's like Greg's been with us for years. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, I mean, we could check back in if you want. Can't. <laughs> An argument is a collective series of statements to establish a definite proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It isn't just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. <laughs> I no mean, wonder he's so, so tired when he goes home. <laughs> I mean, that's just one guy. That's he's just... arguing with himself in the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. Let's, uh, Craig, Lewisburg, a bit, you know, plays Seals Grove. Normally, they're scrimmage them over the years. Yeah. So, they actually play a game. What did you like about what Lewisburg was able to do on Friday night? Uh, number one, throw the football. They threw the ball very well, 12 for 18 for about 225 yards. Uh, pass defense, they played very good pass defense. You know, the freshman quarterback from Seals Grove threw the ball well. He he uh, he really did, but Lewisburg had tight coverage on the receivers. I would say 90% of the time they, they had really good coverage on the receivers. So... Pass offense, pass defense were two of the things I think Lewis can be, can be proud of. Was there anything that surprised you about the game? Probably Lewisburg's ability to not run the football. I thought they'd be able to run the football in Seals Grove, but their 3-5 defense caused some problems for Lewisburg, and Lewisburg only ran for 70 yards, but um, they ran effectively when they had to, and I think that, that was the key to the game. They got first downs when they needed first downs. Near the end of the game when they needed to control the ball and when they had the lead, they were able to run the football and get some first downs. Okay. Uh, was there something that went under the radar in the game that when you thought about it later, you said, you know what, that was really important as to why they won? Nick Shedleski, the quarterback, third year as the starting quarterback, he probably checked out of six to ten plays. That's something that last year and the year before he couldn't do. But this year he was checking out of plays and putting it into positions where the team was going to be successful running the plays. Okay, so you know, now that now they move forward with yeah. this one. Uh, now you want to get better from week one to week two. Obviously, Greg, uh, you know, obviously across the board you want to be better. But there are a mm-hmm. couple of areas where you know if they are better, now you start to build something that could be pretty good. Run blocking. They need they need to run the football. The other thing they need to do is find a receiver that can take some of the pressure off of Dylan Farinato. They threw for 225 yards last week. He had 196 of those 225 yards. Um, that, I think, is going to be the key for Lewisburg to be successful. If they can run the football and take some pr- another receiver step up to take some of the pressure off of Dylan Farinato, I think they can really score a lot of points offensively. All right. Now, what about the Central Mountain uh, situation? When you've looked at the matchup, what are a couple of areas that are going to be important in this game uh, tomorrow night? Well, that that's a great question, Steve. Um, they played Williamsport, and they got blown out of the game early. Part of that was turnovers. Uh, Central Mountain has some really nice athletes. They have a quarterback who threw for 294 yards. They have a receiver that gained... 165 yards receiving a running back that gained over 100 yards rushing against Williamsport. So I think Lewisburg has to stop, number one, has to stop their running attack, force the quarterback to pass, and then put some pressure on the quarterback and, and play defense like they did against Seals Grove, pass defense against, like they did against Seals Grove. And here's the hard part. The hard part to me is that was that – Williamsport big win because Williamsport is really that good, or is it something where Central Mountain is not that great? And that that to me is the 
the that, tough evaluation out of that That's game. exactly right. The only thing I can tell from watching film is Central Mountain has some athletes. They have some good athletes. Now, can they protect them? And that's what we don't know. And, and that's what we're going to have to find out Friday night. That's what's fun about the game. Now, that, and that's, that is exactly right. They're all different. They yep. all take on their own personality. They really do. Without yep. question. That's, yep. what, that's what makes it. That's why you and I keep showing up at these things. That's exactly right. Yep. Hey, Greg, absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot for Thank coming, you. and we appreciate it very much. No problem. See you later. And just one quick note, Greg. Yep. Um, don't go back to the digital media office. It sounds I, I, like it's... I will avoid that in the way out the door. It's getting rough back there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Well, there's still. It's interesting how in football they're portraying more and more. Oh, you know, football's got some problems. You know what? More people attend high school football on a Friday night than they do most things out there. More people attending college football games on a Saturday than most other things out there. And most people watch or attend an NFL game than other many other things out there. Okay. Uh, is it as robust as 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Maybe not as robust, but it still is way ahead of what's rolling along in second place. I mean, think about it. You, know, you can you can you can talk all the stories, write all the stories you want about. Well, you know, this is a problem here. Is it going to exist in 10 years? Uh, let me put it this way: It's still stronger than it was 10, 20 years ago. It's still stronger than 20 years ago, but maybe not as robust as five years ago. But it's far more robust than other entertainment forms out there. People love going to high school football games. And it's great that Greg and the coach Dick Hort and Zach would take time out, preview their games. Don't forget, we'll have Central Columbia at Chickalumia on News Radio 1070 WKOK tomorrow night at 7, 6.30 the airtime. Jersey Shore is at Sealands Grove tomorrow at Eagle 107, 7 o'clock the kickoff, 6 o'clock the airtime. And Lewisburg is at Central Mountain. That will be on 100.9 the Valley, 7 o'clock the kickoff, 6.30 the airtime. And Sean will have everything on game night on Eagle 107 after the game's over with. That's right. We'll also have a comprehensive report of Midwest. They've got Blue Mountain tomorrow night. A Midwest first ever home game for the Mustangs. Looking to go 2-0. and What a great story there. It sure is. All right, Audrey Snyder in the next half hour. Great to have you with us today on the show. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 